Okay, so before you listen to this episode, I finished recording with Jason right like three minutes before Marcus Stroman signed with the Cubs. So this is a little blurb that Marcus Stroman just signed with the Chicago Cubs. And hopefully this is the start of many more things to come uh, with the lockout. Maybe not soon, but afterwards, after the lockout and after people can talk to each other again and it will be great, uh, the Cubs are going to win the World Series. So welcome to Marcus Stroman. Thank you for coming to Chicago. I love you already. Uh, first person in Cubs history to wear the number zero. Cannot wait. And okay, we can get to the episode now. Go, Marcus Stroman. On today's Tommy Experience, I took a couple days off because of the holiday, but the sports did not take a couple days off. So my pal Jason Porter is going to help me catch up on everything that we've missed. It's going to be a long one. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, So I hope you enjoy it. And here we go. All right, today is Thursday, December 2nd, 2021. My name is Tommy. This is the Tommy Experience. Thank you for joining. Uh, Right off the bat, Jason Porter's here. Jason, thank you uh, for being here. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. My Uh, third time on the show, and they say third time's a charm. Yes, yes. Reoccurring guest now, uh, which means part of my take rules, you have to come on whenever I ask. Um, Yeah, I couldn't do this alone. There's just so much that happened in the couple of weeks that I took off and I've tried to blog as much as I could. And I, now I just need to say words. And I know you're with me on that because you like saying words about sports. So here we go. You ready? Let's do it. All right. Uh, well, first off, my name is Tommy. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Tommy Experience. You can follow me at Tommy Irby 36 And you can follow Jason at, at Tweets. Um, we say things and stuff sometimes, and sometimes it's fun. So, and then I've been writing a bunch of blogs for fans cited in Cubby's crib. So make sure you check those out. They're on the website. There's a bunch of links and stuff, blah, blah, blah. I just did last week, a Bears state of the union address on my website. Uh, so if you want to look at that, that's fun because I'm upset, but we'll get to, to the bears in a little bit. Uh, but I think the safest place to start right now would be major league baseball hot stove season uh it started with your los angeles angels of anaheim getting noah Syndergaard for a year how are you feeling about that our resident angels fan i uh i'm so i'm torn on this one because it, it depends on what else happens um we've done these signings a lot matt harvey um we signed um, you know, Dylan Bundy, which actually worked well, but like a lot of these like high upside one year, two year deals where right. we'll give them like 10 mil and, and just hope, you know, they, they become a number one starter for us. And then we don't go get the number one starter. Um, yeah. so, and then we win 80 games and waste Mike Trout. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, now you're, now you're wasting Shohei too. So you have two people to waste. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, I would love to see... Noah Syndergaard was a guy that I wanted the Cubs to take a flyer on. It's like, 
maybe a little bit of high risk, but maybe not so much money. Apparently, it was a lot of money. Uh, but one year, $21 million, so he has a prove-it deal. If he can stay healthy and stay relevant, I think he's going to get a long-term deal, and hopefully the Angels are the people to do that. Uh, but that's how free agency started, was with Noah Syndergaard to the Angels. Since then, uh, yesterday was insane, and the day before was insane. Max Scherzer and Starlin Marte and Eduardo Escobar have all signed with the New York Mets. Marcus Simeon, John Gray, and Corey Seager all going to the Rangers. The Rangers just loading all of the money that they have uh, to get these guys. Robbie Ray is going to the Mariners, and the Mariners say that they're not done, so that AL West could be super fun coming up. Uh, and then you got the Tigers getting Eduardo Rodriguez early from uh, the from the Red Sox. And then they went and got Javier Baez yesterday. They finalized his six-year deal, which was the exact same deal that the Cubs offered him. And speaking of the Cubs, Jan Gomes and Clint Frazier. Those are the two big signings. I really like the Clint Frazier deal for you guys. It's not um, a bad idea. And I wrote a blog about it on uh, Fansided. And he had a lot of trouble in New York because he wanted to grow out his hair and grow out his beard. And, of course, with the Yankees, you're not allowed to do that. So he he griped with them. Apparently, there was a huge thing, too, that he wanted them to unretire the number seven so he could wear it. But that's Mickey Mantle's number, and you are not Mickey Mantle. (laughs) Yeah. That's, I mean, if those things are getting in the way of of baseball, there might be a mentality problem. Yeah. Uh, But... Maybe I think, not. I mean, yeah, a fresh start, new place uh, might do him some good. And you can wear your hair however you want on the Cubs, so that's good. Uh, two very smart decisions, if, you're, if we're being realistic for the Cubs. Two very smart decisions, but it's not what the fans were wanting out of all of this. Uh, they want the big names. They want the Carlos Correa. They want the Chris Bryant, the Anthony Rizzo. Like they want, they either want our boys back or they want somebody big and it's not happening yet. And then Wilson sent out some cryptic tweets, uh, yesterday, our catcher, Wilson Contreras, and he doesn't appear to be happy that Jan Gomes is coming, but Jan Gomes worked with our new general manager in Cleveland and helped develop some of these young arms that we were seeing. So there's a relationship there. Backup role. I don't know. It's. I don't know what the Cubs are doing, and that's what's bothering me the most. If Wilson Contreras isn't a Cub on opening day, and and I mean, what do you guys get back? Is it is it prospects at this point? Is it is that the start of the rebuild? It's got to be prospects if that's if that's what they're planning to do to trade Wilson. It has to be prospects because that's what they did with Javi and KB and Anthony Rizzo. That's what they did for each and every one of those. So you would assume that it's just going to be prospects. But if they do that, that makes me think this is a multiple-year situation, which I'm fine with if you just tell us that. But the fact that Ricketts was flaunting that he had all this money to spend and Jed Hoyer was like, we're not going to mess around when it comes to free agency, and now we're just kind of sitting here. I know that there's like the whole collective bargaining agreement thing, which we'll get to in a minute. But still... It's not scaring away all these other teams from making some big moves like the Mets and the Rangers of all people. When were the last time that the Rangers were relevant with Josh Hamilton in like 2011, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I so one thing I didn't know that makes a little bit more sense is that uh, Texas, they don't have to pay a um, as, as high of taxes 
Um, so the Rangers can offer, like I read, uh, and it, check me if this is wrong because I'm not sure I didn't, nope. I didn't vet this, but um, you know, somebody's saying that the 325 million Seager got from the Rangers, uh, the Dodgers would have had to pay somewhere north of 400. Definitely. Um, yeah. Because the, work out the same. Yeah. Income tax rate in California is 13.3%. And then in Texas, it is 0%. So and if it's Seattle the, as well, Washington. Right. Yeah. And if it was, so if it was the exact same deal that the Rangers and the Dodgers were, were offering him, you're still millions and millions of dollars off of what the Rangers can do because there's no state income tax. And I, yeah. Yeah. So, and so it's the games you play at home and the games you play away. Right. So when Texas plays in Seattle, they also don't have to pay income tax on those games. Correct. And then the Oakland A's might be moving to Las Vegas, which also has zero. Yep. So that would be four of the five AL West teams not having any uh, state income tax on their home or three-fourths of their division away games. I didn't realize that it was with the teams that you play on the road, too, that they calculate in the yeah. state income tax. Yeah, so I guess the state it makes sense. Tax, it's wherever you're playing. So the 81 games at home. So Seager will get 81 games in Texas. All his Houston games will also be tax-free. Right. All his Seattle games will be tax-free. And if Vegas, if, uh, Vegas gets the A's, then all his A's games. So the only time yeah. he'll play in division and have to pay a tax on it will be when he comes to Anaheim. Yeah, I would be surprised to see uh, just exactly how long it would take to get the A's to Vegas, but I think we're still a really long ways away from that because they've got for proposals sure. for a new stadium in Oakland and Las Vegas, so everything yeah. with the A's is up in the air. I would love to see them stay in Oakland because, I, I don't know, I'm just like a traditionalist, but if I'm yeah. a real traditionalist, they should just go back to Philly. <laughs> You're right, but but Seager did, sp uh, you know, he did sign a ten year contract, so yeah. we got a lot of time to work. Yeah, that so out. he'll be around in a while. Uh, Cubs, whatever, we'll we'll figure it out along the way. Um, but the lockout is almost a certainty now. Um, the players and the owners met today, and they met for seven minutes in the morning, and then seven minutes in the afternoon, and then the owner said we're not coming back to the table today. So a lockout is for certain. I don't know all the details of every little thing that the players are wanting and every little thing that the owners are wanting, but I know that they are as far away from each other as they've been in the history of baseball, and it doesn't look good. So who knows the next time we're going to see baseball played? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know like what each sides are dying you know, on the, on the fence for, but I, I know that... The owners, I mean, the the owners want a DH, so the yeah. universal DH. I've heard that that's like all but a, a certainty. That yeah, and the players are okay with that too because uh, a DH will make more money than like a utility player that sits yeah. on the bench and waits. You know, so so the players are in favor of it too. I see that happening. That's a certainty, but I think they're far apart on there's the new playoff format, um, which I mean, we could just go ahead and do it now. This is what the owners are proposing. 14 teams, so almost half of the league in the playoffs. Six division winners and then eight wildcard teams. So four in each league. Uh, the one seed will receive a bye in the, in the first round of the playoffs. While seeds two and three and then the top wildcard team will get to choose their opponents and play them in a three-game series, the two, three, four seeds at home and the five, six, seven seeds on the road for all three games of the series. 
what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> That's the well, dumbest thing I've ever heard. Uh, the only reason I would I would be okay with it is is there's no way the Angels miss the playoffs with 14 teams, <laughs> right? There's no way. You would think. But, uh, I mean, what it, it would be kind of – the only interesting thing that would come from this, in my opinion, would be when we get to see the decisions. Like yeah. if the Cubs make the playoffs, right, and they have – would you take a cakewalk game like, um, you know – let's just say some like the Florida Marlins made it right. and, and you could pick the Florida Marlins or you could have St. Louis come to town and just eviscerate the enemy immediately. Like which way would you? Yeah. Go? So it's interesting. It, and it also depends on how the team has been playing in the last month of the season too. Like if somebody's streaking hot, like the, like the Cardinals were and they just like squeaked into the playoffs. Like I know the Dodgers won that game, but that would be the last team that I probably wanted to play. Yeah. So I understand that they're trying to make the game more fun like that. But I and I understand that like you're trying to fuel the fire also of like a team that just squeaks in. And it's like, oh, they chose us because they think they're going to beat us. Like I get that narrative, but I've never had a problem with the seeding in baseball. And I've never had a problem with a hundred win wild card team losing the game that they're supposed to win. Because if you don't want to be in that game, then win your division. So I don't have a problem with the way it is now. I think the new playoff format is stupid. I think the the lockout is stupid. It's just millionaires fighting with millionaires, and the common folk like us just want to see baseball. So, how would you feel? Because there is one more like pretty, pretty game altering decision that they're trying to push. The players' association is trying to push a salary minimum on the owners. How I'm, would you feel about a salary minimum? I'm fine with that. Like the owners make so much money. And the players yeah. make so much money too, but they, they also, like, the owners are making all this money, but you have minor league players who are making, like, pennies on the dollar just trying to literally survive while they're trying to make it to the major leagues. And I know that they just passed something to make sure that all minor league players get, like, housing and stuff like that, which is a great step forward. But you also have to pay them like they're human beings. And you got to yeah. pay them like they are athletes because they are athletes. They're just making their way up through the system. So... I don't know. It it's it's so corrupt already. So it's like whatever you guys are fighting about, just figure it out. Like yeah. we, we know each of you are gonna make the owners are gonna make billions of dollars and the players are gonna make millions of dollars and we're gonna continue to pay to watch it happen. So what do you want just figure it out, man. Yeah. It's either a systematic overhaul or it's let's just get some baseball. Yeah. And that's why the owners want to expand the playoffs is because they want more games because they want to make more money. And the players want to play less games because they're their bodies and taking care of themselves and stuff. But also you're making all this money. And you want to play less games, but you want to get paid more. And I understand the beef with each other, but again, and I'll continue to say it, just figure it out. Yeah, I agree with that. I would push for for a floor, a salary floor, just because you see, like I saw that Max Scherzer is going to make more than two, possibly three or four MLB teams payrolls this year. Yeah, uh, the Mets are going to pay him more than the than like the Cleveland Guardians may pay their entire roster. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll see. At least that would address that. I yeah. Mean, but I don't think it would help too much with tanking. I don't think no. you're going to get rid of tanking in baseball. I think it's yeah. a part of the game. They talked about doing like a like a lottery thing with the NBA, like kind of like the NBA does, but the NBA has problem with tanking every year too. So yep. I don't think you're ever going to be able to fix tanking, which stinks. Yeah. 
but it is what it is, you know. Um, but we're going to move on from baseball, but also I have Twitter right next to me. Uh, and that is because the Cubs are apparently in very serious talks with Marcus Stroman. Uh, so I'm ready to break that news on this podcast. Uh, but maybe, be, maybe by the time everybody's listening to this, that it's, it's happening or it's not happening, but Twitter's yeah. going crazy. Um, Ken Rosenthal has already said that, uh, it's, it's happening or not it's happening, but it's, but it's getting there per the athletic, uh, Matt Spiegel on the radio said that uh, they're getting hot and heavy with each other. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But back burner. If, no, if, if I was a less realistic Angels fan and I thought – because we need Marcus Stroman. That's yeah. who uh, – but I, I'm not disillusioned by the fact that I think Arnie Marino is going to buy a frontline starter. Um, so yeah. if I was less – you know, if I was less realistic and I was holding out hope for Stroman, I would be a little angry with you right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, the thing but, is, the, yeah, the thing is, like, the Cubs get Marcus Stroman, that would be fantastic, and, and I'd be so for that, and I'd be super happy about it. But you can't stop there because you still need a guy that throws velocity in the back of the rotation, say, like, a Carlos Rodon or somebody like that. And you still need a couple bats, man. Like, you still need to put somebody behind Marcus Stroman, especially a strong shortstop because he likes the balls on the ground as a pitcher. So, I... It, there's still so many moves that need to be made, but Marcus Stroman would be a great start. So, and we'll see what happens. Like if, if I don't know what the rules are, if people can sign or whatever during the lockout or whatever, or if you can do that during the lockout or if you wait until after the lockout, I don't know. So you're not allowed to discuss or sign during the lockout, but okay. it has to be like officially during the lockout and the lockout hasn't officially begun. Right. Yeah. So um, maybe they're trying to do something really fast, which would be yeah. cool, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but baseball could be slowing down then after today uh, for a long time. Uh, so I'm glad we got to talk about it, but moving on uh, and we'll keep up to date on Marcus Stroman here. But moving on, uh, let's go college football. Uh, college football, the playoff rankings are out. Uh, Georgia rolled all over Georgia Tech. I was wrong on that one. <laughs> uh, Michigan took down Ohio State. Also wrong on that one. <laughs> uh, Bama, yeah, yep. Bama beat Auburn in, in, in the overtimes, which I was on Auburn, and I, I said that they would cover the 20 and a half, and they absolutely did. They took them to overtime. College has this new stupid overtime rule of after two overtimes, they just do two point conversions until somebody wins. And that's just, it was so sad because it was such a good game and it ended like that. So whatever, Alabama wins. Uh, So your playoff rankings, number one, Georgia, number two, Michigan, three, Alabama, four, Cincinnati. So that's that's your playoff. And then on the outside looking in right now, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and then Ole Miss, Baylor, Oregon round out the top 10. Uh, So the championship games that are going to matter, Bama, Georgia, Iowa, Michigan, Houston, Cincinnati, Baylor, Oklahoma State. So whatever happens in those is going to be huge implications to see who gets in. So, Jason, my question to you is who gets in? I think that Georgia will get in. I don't know... So do you think if they beat if Georgia beats Bama, do you think Bama misses out or vice versa? 
Do you think only one of those two teams can get in? If Alabama beats Georgia, they're both in. They will not keep Georgia out at this point. Yeah. So, realistically, uh, like Oklahoma State and Notre Dame need Georgia to just stomp Alabama. Which probably won't happen. So, I'm going to say Georgia loses to Bama. Whoa. In the, in the in the SEC championship. So you think they both get in? Yeah, I would think that they would both get in. Um, so then what would be the seeding on that? I mean, if Alabama beats Georgia, do they move to one? Um, I think you would. Well, it depends. Because if Michigan beats Iowa, maybe you put Michigan at one. And then Bama two. And then, I, and then they would probably put Cincinnati three and Georgia four just so they wouldn't have Alabama, Georgia back to back. Yeah. I think Cincinnati will beat Houston. I do think Michigan will beat Iowa. Yeah. And then I think Bama beats Georgia. And I think what you just described, that one, two, three, four of uh, of Alabama, um, Michigan, Cincinnati, Georgia is the way that the playoff shakes out. Yeah. So I think the only sure thing is Georgia. But beyond that, I kind of want some chaos. So I just want Georgia to beat Alabama. That's fine. But if Iowa beats Michigan, <laughs> Houston yeah. beats Cincinnati, and Baylor beats Oklahoma State. That waiting for the playoffs to be announced on Sunday is going to be so much fun. <laughs> Can you imagine being a nineteen-year-old who's who's played your heart out, and you're you're sitting at number six Notre Dame right now, and, you, and yeah, and you're thinking we might we might make this playoff. We just need a couple things to fall our way, and then yeah. the coach leaves. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Let's go ahead and do that. So Lincoln Riley leaves Oklahoma to go to USC almost in the middle of the night. And then, like, two days later, Brian Kelly leaves Notre Dame to go LSU. Now, Oklahoma's pretty out of it. Like, they, a lot would have to happen for them to make the playoff, and I don't think it's enough. But Notre Dame is right there. And then Brian Kelly just ups and leaves. Like, he could have just waited until after the season if LSU was like, hey, you're our guy, we'll wait for you. No, he just ups and leaves. That's yeah. insane, man. Stops, stops messaging people back. There was a scout that said he left um, a uh, a prospect's house. They were they were yeah. at a recruit's house making all these promises. Walks out, reads the text that his coach is gone. He said, "Well, now I look like a yeah. Now I look like, like an, an idiot. Yeah, yeah. Un- unreal what he did. And then apparently there was a meeting, and it lasted all of two minutes to say like, "Hey, I'm leaving. See you guys at seven in the morning." <laughs> Absolutely insane. But I this coaching carousel thing that happens in college is so weird to me because there's tampering rules in like professional leagues. And people can just poach college coaches like this, like just however, whenever they want to. That's insane to me. Yeah. I wonder if, uh, so the Oklahoma head coach takes the USC job. USC need a quarterback. And in the same week, Oklahoma's uh, backup quarterback Spencer Rattler decides he's going to transfer. Yeah, I'm as a USC fan, I'm thinking Lincoln, make some calls, and bring your boy. Yeah, that yeah, that's what I was thinking. And they got the top recruit going to USC now, uh, that yep. quarterback. So yeah, I forgot Let's get that two you're two years in a- of Rattler, and then two years of this, uh, you know, this this top prospect that we just signed, and, and we could have yeah. a you know, a Heisman candidate for the next four years, a quarterback. Yeah, I completely forgot that you were a USC guy, so you're probably thrilled. I'm, I'm happy about the signing. I It's been a carrot. Speaking of 
carousels. I mean, we've had like nine head coaches in the last like. It's hard to believe years. that yeah, after Pete Carroll and and uh, Reggie Bush and Matt Liner, like USC was kind of nothing, and they tried with Matt Barkley, but they're kind of nothing. Yeah, Mark Sanchez, John David Booty. We had we had a bunch of guys who were like, "This is gonna be the yeah. guy who saves us," and then. It never was. Well, maybe maybe it changes now. I mean, Lincoln Riley is obviously a really good coach, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, but all right, so I'm rooting for chaos. Uh, you're rooting for a little bit of chaos. Uh, so I I would root for chaos. I just I don't think it happens. I mean, if we're saying predictions, I think um, that Georgia loses. If what we want to happen is, I I, I want Georgia to win. Yeah. Um, my little brother-in-law is a red coat, so he needs, gotcha. you know, he's in the band there. So I uh, want him to play in the national championship. I, I'm just, you know, the Braves killed the narrative of of just Georgia teams not being able to do it. So it is what it is. Uh, if they win it, congratulations. Uh, if they don't, it won't hurt my feelings. Yeah, Atlanta United walked so that the Braves could run. <laughs> I do want to say that. <laughs> yeah. All right, so moving on from college football, uh, let's let's dive into the National Football League. Uh, this is going to be a long one, uh, so if you need to take a break, take your break now, pause, and then restart it because we're going to be here for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's just start. Uh, this past Sunday, there were some notable games. The Patriots took down the Titans. Titans a contender. They were a contender at least. Maybe they're frauds now. Uh, but the Patriots take care of them, and the Patriots are now in first place in the AFC East and go to Buffalo on Monday night this week, which is going to be just an incredible game. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much – I mean, it, how much experience does Mac Jones have playing in the cold? Is he um, – how's he going to handle Buffalo? And what does yeah. Buffalo look like this time of year? Yeah, I, I would assume it's going to be freezing, but I guess we'll see, you know? Yeah. I, I think um, really quick on the on the Titans being frauds thing, I do think that's a little harsh um, yeah. just because, I mean, we know why it's happening. You take out the most dominant player in the NFL, question, you know, arguably. And, right, and take yeah. Him out. Yeah, just a dominant force at running back, yeah. Yeah, and um, the kid that, that took over, uh, Hilliard, he had a good game. He You know, other than the fumble, he went for like over 100 and a score. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's just you saw the fourth down, like they were like fourth and three, and they went for it and they didn't get it. They had th- four straight runs on the goal line. They didn't don't get in. That's all Derrick Henry. Sure, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I just I mean, checked he's the every day of the week on that. I just checked the weather for uh, Monday in Buffalo. Uh, it's going to be a high of 48, a low of 28, but there is an 80 percent chance of snow. So it could <sighs> be some see. weather. Uh, I don't so. think we've seen Mac Jones playing a snow game. Uh, it flurried on Sunday, but okay. you, I don't think you can count it as a snow game. So yeah, no, I want like I'm talking about when he gets tackled, he comes out and he's covered in snow. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, we may well, get that for all I know, but uh, he could be anyone in the snow. I mean, Tom Brady was amazing in the snow, and yep. that's why he could do what he did yep. for so many years in New England. Yep. Um, yeah. Can Belichick rub some of that magic onto Mac Jones? Yeah, we'll see. I I mean. Patriots might be back, but I'm gonna wait for that take until after this game, and then I'll and then I'll go to the Patriots are back, but they're probably yeah. definitely back. Um, okay, so that was that game. Packers beat the Rams at Lambeau. The Packers were underdogs at home, which was dumb. So I took advantage of that. Are the Rams frauds? 
Uh, you know how I've felt about this. I've, I, I think we did a podcast about a month ago, and I said that the Rams were overrated, and I don't know if they've won a game since that podcast. I think they've won once. You are correct. They yeah. were winless in November. Uh, I would like to take back my thing that said Von Miller was going to win them uh, probably the NFC. I'd like to walk that back, and I would like to call them frauds. Yeah, I, I like, I mean, I just never got why they were doing what they were doing. Like they don't have the premier guy to hand off to Marshall Henderson is just, you know, okay. Yeah. Um, Matt Stafford's a, a good quarterback, but he can't really do anything with his legs. He's not like a Kyler Murray or, or, a, um, you know, or a Lamar where he can, a play can break down and he can really just go wild. Sure. Um, they have good receivers. I mean, Cooper Cup is a, is a top receiver. They have OBJ now. They do have a very good receiving core, but they ro- lost Russell or um, Robert Woods, who yeah, that hurt. He does a he does a lot for their offense. I mean, he took handoffs. You know, the jet sweeps are off the table. Um, yeah. So all the little things he did, he went off the table, and 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 I already didn't know why they were doing that well. So. Um, I, I think we kind of saw this coming, or some of us did. <laughs> <laughs> you saw it coming for sure. I did not. I was wrong. Um, they, you know, they have a lot of work to do. They're still contending. Uh, and I say all of this, and we'll get to the we'll get to the playoffs right quick uh, eventually. But they are still the five seed in the NFC. So I'm not. I can't call them dead, but right now they are kind of fraudulent. So. And if they have yeah. to go play a road game in a cold weather place, then it's not looking good for them. Yeah. And while they go down, you know, while they're downward trending, you know, teams in the NFC are looking better. I yeah. Mean, there are teams like Philadelphia is looking surprisingly Philadelphia is looking lately. better. They just lost to the Giants, but before that they were looking better. The Cardinals just don't lose. The Packers yeah. are right there. Um, and yeah, I mean, the NFC is so wide open. Um, and I mean, yeah, let's just dive into the NFC here because my next point was going to be the Washington football team beating the Seahawks. The Seahawks are absolutely 100% dead and done. It's, they need a change. Is it going to be the quarterback or is it going to be the head coach or is it going to be both of them? Like, what is Seattle going to do? Yeah, I think that it's both. I think um, Steve Carroll, we talked about him a little bit earlier when he left USC. He left, I mean, that was 2006, I believe. Yeah. Um, he's been there a long time, almost 15 years long for, for an time. NFL team. Long time. And he was super successful, but how long ago was that success? You know, five years ago now. Um, he's really riding off that early 2010 success. And, and um, just to think about how like good Russell Wilson is, they, he has had no help at all, offensively or defensively, really. DJ DK Metcalf has been dead silent. I haven't heard his name in forever. Lockett is really good, but the defense is not the Legion of Boom that it was. And, yeah. and after that kind of disintegrated, they stopped really getting playmakers to come play with him. Like, he's just been dead. He's He's been irrelevant almost, and I think he's going to leave next year. Pete Carroll might just not have a job. I guess he could retire. He's old enough, but but I Seattle's a wreck right now. Yeah, they would need a, a whole new offensive line. They would need a running game. I mean, Chris Carson is not who they thought he was. Um, I think if they if they brought that in, if they were able to run the ball consistently, if their defense was able to keep 
um, the offense, you know, off the field a little bit, then I think that they would be able to contend and that would maybe bring out the best in DK and yeah. Tyler Lockett and Russ and, yeah, but, you know, are they going to assemble a whole O line in the off season? Are they going to get a premier running back in the off season? Right, probably not. Yeah, so I, I think the smarter move for them would be to sell off. Go ahead, take the pieces on Russ, get a couple first round draft picks, rebuild your O line for sure. Maybe take a flyer on a young quarterback, you know, and, and then and then see if two years from now you can be good rather than yeah. I mediocre. I think it starts with the offensive line. When teams are rebuilding, it's just my go-to. Like, get a good offensive line and then go from there. Then get your yeah. quarterback. Then get your playmakers. Like, yeah, I mean, we're seeing what's happening with Washington football team mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. Uh, Henneke looks like a star because he's able to actually he have has time. five seconds to yeah. throw the ball. He's got time. So, uh, NFC playoffs, Arizona's got the one seed, Green Bay two. Uh, and then Tampa Bay and Dallas are your other division leaders. The wild cards are taken by the Rams, the Niners, and the Washington football team. And I have Minnesota, Atlanta, New Orleans, Philly, and Carolina. Statistically, wins and losses still in the hunt. I don't think Atlanta is in the hunt. I don't think that New Orleans will be in the hunt. Sorry. And I don't think Carolina will be there. Yeah, I agree. I don't think any of the NFC South teams – I just – they're very nothing to me. Atlanta yeah. just is very nothing. I mean, they got just smacked by mm-hmm. the Cowboys a couple of weeks ago. I think that's what they are. Um, New Orleans, I mean, we knew going into the year we needed a quarterback, and Jameis was going to be the guy, and then Jameis was hurt. Now it's it's maybe Taysom yep. Hill, and it's maybe seeming it. That's going to be something that we need to figure out long term. Yeah. Um, and it always felt like this year was kind of a stopgap for that. For sure. I could actually see the NFC playoffs staying as is, maybe swapping out the Washington football team in Minnesota. I, I can flip flop either have, one of those. I think Minnesota would have made the playoffs if they got to play Green Bay every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly. Uh, they've been a team, and I have a friend that's a big Vikings fan, and I've watched a lot of the Vikings games this year, and it just seems like one or two plays go a different way and they win the game. Like they're in every single game. I think they got blown out a couple times, but. They're in every single game, so I think eventually but they get it turned around. They still got two to play against the Bears, so that's good for them. But no more Dalvin Cook no for more, now. Yeah, for now. No, so uh, it depends on if he gets healthy. But yeah, I don't see them overtaking Washington, who kind of seem like they're hitting their stride at just the right time. Yeah, for sure. I do do want to say it's a little surprising to see two NFC East teams in a playoff spot <laughs> and a third gunning for it after yeah. last year. I mean, they were competing to lose that division last year. Yeah, um, wild. Uh, but I, I think that just shows you how competitive really the NFC is. There are there are a lot of like mediocre records right now in the NFC. So I, it speaks to the competition in the NFC, and I think I just think that competition across football right now is so good because now we look at the AFC and there's like of the of the sixteen teams that are in the AFC, maybe thirteen of them can make the playoffs. <laughs> like yeah, it's a, it's yeah. ridiculous. So Baltimore's got the one seed, New England's got the two, Tennessee, and then Kansas City, and then the wild cards are Cincinnati, Buffalo, and the Chargers. So about what I saw, maybe a different order of what I saw, maybe. I had Denver in. I know I had Denver in. And they're in the hunt. Vegas, Denver, the Colts, the Steelers, the Browns, and the Dolphins are all in the hunt. The Dolphins are in the hunt. The Dolphins (laughs) are in the hunt. This is why you tank. You tank for Tua, so he'll lead you to the playoffs. Good like Lord. He's doing right now. Yeah. Maybe despite him, they're going. 
<laughs> but I, I just think the competition across football is wide open, and that's pretty cool to see because you got a couple teams that are dominant, like Baltimore is dominant, the Cardinals are dominant, the Packers are dominant, and, and that's about it, right? Yeah. I think that the most impressive thing about the Ravens this year has been the fact that they lose when they're bad. Yep. Um, other than the Dolphins game, uh, I, I, I can't remember. I mean, last, just this last game um, on Sunday, they had the Monday night game, right? Was it Monday or Sunday? Who was that? that the Ravens game, the one they just uh, won, where yeah, through four interceptions, yes, and they still won it. It's like I've I've never seen a team play so well and still win, kind of comfortable. I mean, play so poorly and still win, kind of comfortably. Right. Yeah. Just dumb. So that like, was Sunday night. The Sunday night yeah, game against Sunday the Browns. Night, yeah. yeah. So I think that that's really deadly when you get into the playoffs because it's like they don't need to show up to win. They they could not show up and still win this football game. Yeah. So and they keep they definitely play down to their competition because the Bears game was close. Even though Lamar didn't play, I mean they definitely should have just dominated that game. But yeah, um, interesting to see KC back in the hunt too. Last time we spoke, we were pretty low on them. I think we were talking about the end times of Patty Mahomes. I think you might have said he has one last run in him though. Yeah, I said that I I'm still gonna wait for him to turn around. It seems like he has turned it around. Um, we'll see going forward. There's a couple big games left. They play in a very uh, dominant, or not dominant, but a very competitive division. Uh, all four teams are in the hunt, uh, at least for the, in the division. Uh, so Vegas, Denver, KC, and the Chargers are all right there. So the Dem- Denver, we thought Denver was dead. Here they are. Yeah, I I remember I remember still being pretty high on Denver. I remember like asking like because we had Aaron on who's a huge Broncos fan and he Shout was out saying our season's over. Yeah, miss you today, Aaron. <laughs> um but I I remember like he was he was saying our season's over, we're done mm-hmm. and I remember saying help me help me see here because I I was looking at their schedule and looking at what they, you know, what they've done so far and what they could do moving forward and to me it, I always saw Denver as a playoff team even even when they were I yeah. think like 3 and 5 or something. Um, you were, what, yeah, you were talking, you were talking highly of them for sure. Who, who do you think? So who do you think, uh, out of the teams, not in a playoff spot right now, like who's a lock to make the playoffs, not in the playoffs, but going to make the playoffs. Is that what you're asking yeah. me? Yeah. In is the it, AFC the Broncos just overall in the NFL, what team not in a playoff spot right now will be playing in the playoffs. I really like the Raiders. Yeah, I like them to sneak into a six or seven seed, and and just like I don't know if they'll win a playoff game, but I like them to sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, I like that pick. I like Denver, um, but but my favorite is the Indianapolis Jonathan Taylors. Um, yeah, because they are the, really good at football. The Col- the Colts are the Colts would be right there too. Yeah. So and especially you know that's probably a better answer because the Titans are falling down like they're yeah. plummeting. Colts can take advantage of that so easily. It's got to hurt. They just to have to finish fan. you just have to finish games. The Colts yeah. need to finish games. That's true. It's got to hurt to be a Tennessee fan and lose Derrick Henry and then see yep. Jonathan Taylor become prime Derrick Henry. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> so um yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm sure we're going to talk about it more you and I. Uh before the end of the season, maybe at the end of the season. Um, but there is a particular uh, NFL team that I would like to discuss right now. Um, that would be the Chicago Bears. 
let me just take you uh, on a timeline here of what had been happening. So last two, la- last Sunday, uh, the Bears lost to the Baltimore Ravens at home. Fire and chance were all in the crowd, incredibly, happily. Um, and then... Tuesday, there were reports that the locker room was done with Matt Nagy and they wanted him to get fired. Wednesday, there was a report, a report that Matt Nagy was going to be fired after the Lions game regardless of the outcome. Then the McCaskies had to gather the team together and the coaches and say that that report wasn't true. And here's how I take that, as it definitely was true and the Bears were going to fire their first coach midseason ever, but now that it got out into the public, they were like, well, we can't let that be the narrative. We want it to be a surprise. So now let's just uh, sign him to like a three-year extension. (laughs) (laughs) You know? So, I mean, they're just so incompetent. This, from head coach Matt Nagy all the way up to ownership in the McCaskies, it's just incompetence. And I can't take it much longer. Yeah. I, I I do want to commend you. I want to compliment you on your self control. I think you only said the word bears twice before the segment. So thank you. It's because That's I don't want impressive. to talk about them. <laughs> it's it's just and you know there, there's fire naggy chants like at the Ravens game on Sunday, at Blackhawks games, at Bulls games, Illinois basketball games, his son's high school football game. Like people <laughs> want this man gone. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's got to be demoralizing. I will say I I don't know. I thought in the in the preseason that the Bears were going to be it was going to be the Bears against Matt Nagy, and it was going to be yep. it was going to be who was going to win. Are they going to be a good football team, or is Matt Nagy going to hold them back from being a good football team? Well, see, that's the the Pittsburgh game that I went to, and then yeah, the Ravens game as well. It felt like okay, we're playing against the opponent. And in the Pittsburgh game, okay, we're playing against the opponent and against the refs. And now we're playing against an opponent, the refs, and our own head coach. (laughs) I mean, I can't put a lot of blame on the players, though I think the players are playing very scummily. Um, Eddie Jackson said that uh, that's the Bears' safety. He said that uh, the booing and chanting for Fire Nagy isn't helping. You know what else isn't helping? Missing wide open tackles. That's not yeah. helping the situation. So I, I'm just, I'm very upset at my team. Let me ask you: Is is Justin Fields still the truth? Is that still? I mean, because we talked about you and I talked in the in the preseason, kind of like what I just said that it would really be like Justin Fields being the star. Yep. And then, and then it would be Matt Nagy working against him. He hasn't been the star. Uh, Justin Fields is absolutely still the truth. He's only allowed to do what Matt Nagy will let him do. I've seen he threw the ball down the field at the Steelers game, and then against the Ravens, he was slinging the ball and making decisions on the fly. This wasn't like scripted plays. These were after the plays broke down. He's finding ways to get the ball into the furthest guy's away his hands. And it's there. The the mental stuff is there with him. He just needs a guy to be the head coach and say, "You know what? Go go do it. Like you got the stuff, go do it." Yeah. That's all they need. Matt Nagy just wants to be in control. Ryan Pace just wants to be in the control. The McCaskies just want to be in control. 
and I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's spin it to a little bit. Let's let's add some positivity because Matt Nagy's probably gone at the end of the season. One hundred percent. Ryan Pace. Here's what I think is going to happen with Ryan Pace. And I heard a little bit about this chatter uh, on local sports radio, but it does make a little bit of sense. Uh, I think they're going to kind of stray away from who is the president of football operations right now, Ted Phillips, who knows absolutely nothing about football. He's just a family friend of the McCaskies. I think they're going to give that role to Ryan Pace and then hire a new general manager. Which, you know what, I would kind of be okay with. Because Ryan Pace okay. does know things about football. And I think a general manager's job, like what he's doing, there were a lot of decisions that he made were not good and kind of fell at the hands of bad coaching and injuries. So I don't yeah. necessarily blame Ryan Pace for everything, but he definitely has a part in stuff because he's the one that's hiring these coaches. Yeah. So I think at a at a different level of position, he's got like he'll be in charge of hiring a general manager and that'll be on him, but then the general manager will be in charge of mostly everything else. And I trust yeah. him to have the football knowledge to make the decision of getting a general manager that knows what he's doing. Cuz he's been yeah. in the job and he clearly is not good for the job, but I bet he'll know somebody that is good for the job. Kind of like you know how you have, like, David Ross, the manager of the Cubs right now, long-time backup catcher, right? Kind of a journeyman. He got his chances to start, for, but for the most part, he was a backup, and, and he was a good bench guy. Now he's a great manager because he was on the bench. He knows the role, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that Ryan Bass is just like a backup general manager that would make a really good president. That makes sense. I, I've always been struck by how smart he can look at times and how not smart he can look at others. Yeah. Like he was in charge of the Khalil Mack deal, right? Yes. He orchestrated Highway the Khalil robbery. Mack. Yes. He orchestrated yeah. the Khalil Mack deal, which people can say, well, it's not that good because you guys didn't win a playoff game. Well, Raiders haven't either. A. And B, the reason why we're not winning playoff games is not because of Khalil Mack not doing his job. He is one of the most dominant people I've ever seen on defense. Yeah, that was. I think that move was universally like everybody knew that that was a good deal by him. But then he's the same guy who and trading up for Justin Fields was good, but I'm, he did the yeah. whole Andy Dalton saga for like. Three See, that's the thing, it. and they did the same thing. Like they paid a butt ton for Mike Glennon, and then they and then they drafted Mitch Trubisky. They pay a butt ton for Andy Dalton, and then they draft Justin Fields. Like, there's no sense of of clarity in what the plan is. And it, they're both just dumb. Everybody's yeah. just stupid up here. And nothing's, so nothing's really going to change until ownership changes. So let's, let's assume because ownership is at least probably a couple years off. Um, I, at least I know three. As an Angels fan and an, an Arsenal uh, football club, so- soccer team fan, um, I know the perils of an ownership group. It would be hard to talk about. Um, it would be hard to talk about the the McCaskies leaving. But let's let's assume that what you just said happens. They get rid of Nagy. Um, they move Ryan Pace up, and then they bring in whoever as a general manager. At that point, let's say it's a competent general manager. Who's the dream coach for you? 
I mean, the <laughs> would be good. That was probably available. And then who do you think they end up with? I mean, Ryan Day would be pretty cool. He coached Justin Fields at Ohio State. Come on over. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh, former Bear, took the 49ers to the Super Bowl. I'd be all right with that. It's a little gimmicky, but it could work. At this point, the bar is so low, anybody could do a better job than Matt Nagy. Yeah. So you could bring in anybody, and I'd be like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere to go but up. Yeah, so... That's where I'm at at the Bears. Um, I think we should end on something happy. Do you have some happy news? Um, no. Do you have? Are you about to tell me about Marcus Stroman being a Chicago Cub? No, not yet. Uh, I wish, but you know, just the prospect of that almost happening is making me happy. I'm not gonna lie. That's it's. I would be happy that he if he didn't go to the Angels. I would be happy one that he stayed out of the AL West because <laughs> it seems like everybody yeah. wants to sign in the AL West these yeah. days. Um, and I would be happy that he went. So the Cubs for two reasons, because you're a good friend and I want you to be happy. Thank you. Um, Thank but you. also because the Cubs and the Angels have almost zero overlap um, as far as Absolutely. competition, yeah. games. So that's a safe place for him to go, Chicago. Yes. And you know what? I, I know that the chances of Chris Bryant coming home are slim to none. And I'm still hoping out, holding out hope that it does happen. But if it doesn't, I'm not going to say the Angels, and you're going to be mad at me, but I'd be really okay with the Mariners because I like their colors and, like you said, really far out of my way. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate the Mariners. Like, I hate the A's or the, sure. or the Rangers. Or sure. The, it's like the Mariners are like the They're so brother. cute. Yeah. They, <laughs> you know? are, yeah. I just don't – I want them to stay there. Yeah. I want them to stay as little brother. You don't want to see your little brother get taller than you. You Defin- know what I'm saying? Definitely. Definitely. So. Um, yeah, I get that. I get that absolutely. Um, the only part that it would hurt is I, I would absolutely buy the MLB TV package just to watch Chris Bryant play baseball, and those late starts are, would not be fun. So yeah, it's best that he just comes home. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, Jason, thank you so much for doing this with me. Um, I appreciate it. We'll have you back on probably sooner rather than later. Um, hopefully some exciting things coming up uh, in the future for us. Always a pleasure, Tommy. Thanks for having me. All right, brother. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. Uh, Make sure you like and subscribe and find all the things and stuff and follow the blogs and all the Twitters and the Instagrams and everything. Okay, bye.